Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hey and welcome back to college football episodes. I know I was gone for a while so uh, having to catch up on three weeks worth of upsets in today's episode. I'm going to go over the new AP Top 25 and the games that they have to play this week. I'm recording this as the uh, initial college football playoff rankings are coming out, or at least the show is kicking off. I don't know when the rankings are coming out, so obviously those rankings will be out by the time this episode comes out, but I'm going off the AP Top 25 for this one. Not as much of a deep dive this week's game since I'm literally just coming back from vacation, but go over the last three weeks worth of upsets that I haven't been here to discuss. Go over the AP Top 25 games, a few other notable games throughout the week that I have jotted down here and a little like why I'm looking forward to them. Going over my best bets from week seven when I was gone and then give you my best bets for this week's college football action. So... Excuse me, week 7, the original week that I was gone, it was number 21 Notre Dame defeating number 10 USC 48-20 in South Bend. Kale Williams only had 203 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Sam Hartman 126 yards and two touchdowns, while Audric Estime ran for 95 with two scores. Pitt defeated number 14 Louisville 38-21. Jack Plummer 350 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, while Christian Velo, Velo, don't know how to say that one. 200 yards and two touchdowns, though, for the Panthers. Arizona defeated number 19, Washington State, 44-6 in an absolute rout. Cam Ward for the Cougars, 192 yards and a pick, while Noah Fafita, Fafita for the Wildcats, 342 yards passing. Oklahoma State defeated number 23, Kansas, 39-32. Jason Bean for the Jayhawks, 410 yards and five touchdowns with two interceptions. Alan Bowman for the Cowboys, 336 yards, two touchdowns. And Ollie Gordon out of the backfield, 170 yards and one score. Missouri defeated then 24th-ranked Kentucky, 38-21. Devin Leary, 128, or 120 yards, sorry, two touchdowns, two picks. Ray Davis, 128 yards on the ground, but Brady Cook, 175 yards through the air with one touchdown and one pick for the Tigers. Week 8's upsets, we only had two. First one, Virginia defeating then number 10, North Carolina, 31-27. Drake May, 347 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, 17 rushing yards, and one rushing score. Omerion Hampton, UNC's running back, had 112 yards on the ground. Tez Walker, one UNC wideout, 11 receptions, 146 yards, and a score. Bryson Nesbitt, another wideout for the Tar Heels, three receptions, 93 yards, and a score. Tony Musket for the Cavaliers. Don't even know why I just said it like that. 208 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Malik Washington, a UVA wideout, 12 receptions, 115 yards, and a score. The last one here this week, Minnesota defeating number 24, Iowa, 12-10. to 10. Exciting action in the Big Ten here. Deacon Hill for the Hawkeyes, 116 yards and an interception, while Ethan Kaliak manis for the Golden Gophers, 126 yards. Week 9, last week's upsets, Kansas defeated number 6, Oklahoma, 38-33. Dylan Gabriel, 171 yards, one interception. He also had 64 rushing yards and three rushing scores. Tawi Walker, probably not how I'm supposed to say that. OU's running back, 146 yards and a rushing score. Jason Bean for Kansas, 218 yards, two picks. Also had 62 rushing yards and a rushing score. And Devin Neal, the Jayhawks running back, 112 yards and one touchdown. 
Arizona defeated number 11, Oregon State, 27-24. DJU for the Beavers, 218 yards and two touchdowns. And Noah Fafida, 275 yards, three scores and a pick. Last but not least, Georgia Tech, two weeks in a row, handing North Carolina a loss, 46-42 the final there. Drake May, 310 yards, two scores, 58 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown as well. Omarion Hampton, UNC's running back again, 153 rushing yards and two scores. Haynes King for the Yellow Jackets, 287 passing yards, four touchdowns, one pick to add to 90 rushing yards. Dante Smith, their running back, 178 yards and a, sc- and a score. Excuse me. Eric Singleton, Yellow Jackets wideout, eight receptions, 117 yards. All right, so now we get to this week's games, the AP Top 25 games, all on Saturday, November 4th. Number three, Ohio State. 18.5 point favorites at Rutgers. Rutgers has been a decent little team this season, blasting past their 3.5 win total earlier this season. But do they really have anything to slow down the Buckeyes? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, maybe the home environment will do something for Rutgers, but I don't see them winning this game. Number 25, Kansas State at number 7, Texas, who is a 5 point favorite in Austin. This game could determine half of the Big 12 championship game by the end of the season, so it's likely the most important game on either team's schedule that's yet to be played. Texas A&M at number 11, Ole Miss, who is a a 4.5 point favorite in Oxford. Ole Miss, by all accounts, is a paper tiger that just keeps finding ways to win. Can this Aggies team find a way to slow them down, or will their secondary be the biggest detriment, the same way that LSU's was in their loss to the Rebels? Number 12, Notre Dame is a three-point favorite at Clemson. Weirdly a daytime game in Death Valley for this one, but here's a rematch from last season that I just can't wait to see, to be honest. Notre Dame took um, took care, I t- put car, nice, took care of Clemson in South Bend last season. Now they make the return trip to Death Valley to take on the Tigers, who haven't looked to really have figured out the new offensive yet. Uh, UConn at number 19, Tennessee, who are 35-point favorites, are the Volunteers. This would have been a much more enticing matchup had UConn starting quarterback Joey Fagnano not been hurt in the beginning of the year. The Huskies are losing game after game, while the Vols have been inconsistent on offense with Joe Milton at quarterback. Arizona State at number 18, Utah is an 11-point favorite at home. Arizona is suffering with a load of injuries all across the roster, but Utah just got clobbered for their first home loss since 2018 outside of the COVID season. Expect a get-right game here from the Utes, or else they're likely in a tailspin until the season's over. Army at number 17, Air Force, who are 18.5-point favorites. It's a service academy game, which means take the under in the total points. Army's been trying to... Uh, run more out of the shotgun and pass the ball more this season once the cut block was deemed illegal, but Air Force has continued running the option offense and dominated in doing so. Number 14, Missouri traveling to Athens to take on the first-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, who are 16-point favorites. This might be a little sneaky upset over here. The thing that's put Georgia under the most stress in recent seasons is a team with a good aerial attack, and Mizzou has Luther Burden at wideout, who's among one of the top receivers in the country in terms of yards. Just think of what Marvin Harrison Jr. did to this team in the Peach Bowl last season with a, like, Keely Ringo was in that secondary still. Um, Not that I think he was anything special, but imagine without him now in the secondary for Georgia going against one of the top receivers in the country. This might, might be a sneaky little upset, might be just Georgia rolling through the Tigers and proving to us why they're ranked number one overall. 
Then we have number four, Florida State, is a two to 21 and a half point favorite at Pitt. Excuse me. Maybe another sneaky upset alert here. Pitt already upset Louisville, which I mentioned earlier on. That was earlier. And now they have a three touchdown spread against Florida State at home. Look for Narduzzi to make the Knowles sweat this one out just at least a little bit, even if he doesn't pull off the upset. Number nine, Penn State's a 10.5 point favorite at Maryland. This game will likely only play out two different ways. Either Penn State's physicality wears Maryland out and leads to a late blowout, or Maryland's offense makes Penn State struggle and worry about a possible upset in the way that shockingly Indiana did last week. I just don't see Maryland actually winning this game, though. Number 10, Oklahoma is a six-point favorite at Oklahoma State. The last time that we are going to see Bedlam play out, Oklahoma State's head coach Mike Gundy had been vocal in his displeasure with the Sooners for leaving the conference to go to the SEC. Expect the Cowboys to give the Sooners all they can handle and maybe even more. Virginia Tech at number 15, Louisville, who's a 10.5 point favorite here. Louisville has only had the one slip-up all season against Pitt. I don't expect Virginia Tech to challenge Louisville much in this one, especially when the game's being played in Louisville. Number 21, Tulane's a 17-point favorite at East Carolina. East Carolina has improved a little bit as this season's gone on, but Tulane has also been showing why they were the preseason favorite to repeat as American Athletic Conference champions. Number 23, James Madison's a 5.5-point favorite at Georgia State. The Dukes have been dominant so far in their undefeated season, but going on the road to take on another top-ranked Sunbelt team will be a challenge for the Dukes. Cal at number 6, Oregon, who's a 23.5-point favorite. Cal just pushed USC to the brink, but Oregon is a much more well-rounded and physical team than the Trojans. Expect the Ducks to roll Cal in Autzen Stadium. Number 22, Kansas at Iowa State, who's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Jason Bean has, wow, I don't even know what that's supposed to be. Hasn't been, I think, um, as electric as Jalen Daniels would have been as KU's quarterback. But you can't say he's done anything to leave the Jayhawks in danger of being upset either. Look for them to at least keep this game exciting. Purdue at number two, Michigan, who is a 32.5-point favorite. This one shouldn't be much of a game with the Boilermakers having struggled all year while the Wolverines have steamrolled everyone they've played without really even trying or pushing the pace. Then we got the big one in the Pac-12, number five, Washington's a four-point favorite traveling to L.A. to take on number 24, USC. I have personally lost all faith in this USC team. The defense is deathly allergic to actually tackling, and the offense has shown cracks in the armor. I think that the Huskies will score at will in this one, and Michael Penix will have his breakout make himself a household name game. Number 13, LSU traveling to Tuscaloosa, taking on number 8, Alabama, who's a four-point favorite. This game was one of the biggest upsets of the year last season. LSU has shown a weakness in the secondary, and Jalen Milrow is dangerous when it comes to the long ball. Something's got to give here, and that's going to determine who wins this matchup. Number 16, Oregon State's a 13-point favorite on the road at Colorado. Oregon State's physicality and run game should be too much for Colorado here, but I also can't doubt them at home, especially when the offense has shown us the ability to put up points just as easily as the defense can give them up. Last but not least, number 20, UCLA is a two-point favorite at Arizona. It's another Pac-12 desert game. I'm not exactly sure what to expect in this one, as the Bruins could play their or could play like their Pac-12 title hopes depend on this one, like it does, where they could come out flat and be in trouble right from the get-go, especially with how Arizona's played of late. Some other notable games on the slate Wednesday tonight, as you're listening to this. 
Uh, Kent State at Akron, four and a half points. Favorites are the Zips. It's a battle of one in seven teams with the best chance being for either team to get a second victory before the season is over. Thursday, the second, TCU at Texas Tech, who is a three-point favorite in Lubbock. It's an in-state rivalry between two of the teams forced to become leaders in, or wow, goodness me, forced favored to become the leaders in the Big 12 once Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC. South Alabama at Troy is a six-point favorite at home. Battle of the two best teams in the Sun Belt last season, who are the higher mid-pack of the league again this season. Then on Saturday with the rest of the top 25 slate, Arkansas at Florida is a four-and-a-half-point favorite for the Gators. Um, Sam Pittman's job at Arkansas is under threat. Beating a marquee opponent in conference play would help his case, whatever he may have left. Then we have Iowa as a six-point favorite against Northwestern. This game is being played at Wrigley Field, which is cool, but also it's a battle between one of the best defensive teams in the Big Ten and against one of the worst squads, at least on paper. But they've been playing well of late and upsetting teams, so I can't say they're even one of the worst squads at all. Just looking at it, you would think they were. But then we also have Houston at Baylor, who is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. It's another battle of head coaches fighting to save their jobs. Dana Holgerson has been in trouble all season, whereas Dave Aranda has very much been linked with the defensive coordinator job at USC pretty much since his season got off to a rough start. Last but not least, UCF is a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Cincinnati. Big 12 newcomers are battling it out here at Nippert Stadium, and regardless of who wins, it will be their first conference victory in the Big 12. Uh, going over my best bets from Week 7, the winners were Middle Tennessee, minus 2.5 against Louisiana Tech, uh, New Mexico State, minus 5.5 against Sam Houston, Tulane, minus 3 at Memphis, Utah, minus 13.5 against Cal, Iowa, plus 9.5 at Wisconsin, and Kansas State, plus 1.5 at Texas Tech. The losses were Florida International, the airport, plus 2.5. Colorado minus 10.5 against Stanford. They lost that game outright, shockingly. Washington State minus 8.5 against Arizona. They got blown out. Uh, Auburn plus 12.5 at LSU. And Miami plus 3.5 at North Carolina. This week, the best bets coming back. UCF minus 4 at Cincinnati on Bet Rivers. UCF is just a much better team. And Cincinnati, after starting the season looking decent, has just... Uh, going around and around downwards. LSU plus four and a half at Alabama. They upset him last season, and I think Jalen Milrow is going to have to play a great game um, showing or exposing LSU's secondary for them to actually have a chance because their front end of the defense is good enough to stop the run. It's going to be about Alabama slowing down LSU's offense, which I think Jaden Daniels can expose being a mobile quarterback, and the receivers are freaks like Malik Neighbors. So I think they're going to have no problem putting up points. It's just a matter of if the secondary can slow down Alabama and their receivers. Washington minus three at USC. That number's on FanDuel. I have no idea how USC is going to keep this one competitive unless Washington's defense just also doesn't play defense in this one. I think they have a better defense that actually tries to tackle and Washington's offense is so explosive and fast and can put up points against anybody that USC's defense won't be anything different. Louisville minus 9.5 against Virginia Tech at home. That number's also on FanDuel. Louisville's just much better. Virginia Tech's been riding high of weight, but I think Louisville's just too good. Missouri plus 17.5 also on FanDuel. They're playing against Georgia in Athens. 
if Luther Burden can't expose the secondary, then I'll eat my words. But one of the leading receivers going against the weakness of the Georgia team, I think has the makings of at least putting a scare in the Bulldogs if it doesn't outright upset them. Notre Dame minus three, that number's on points, but against Clemson at Death Valley. Uh, they manhandled them last season, and I haven't seen anything from Clemson this season to make me think they could play any different, never mind the fact that Notre Dame appears to have gotten better. Liberty, minus 17 on DraftKings against Louisiana Tech. Uh, Liberty's just been beating everyone easily, and Louisiana Tech is far from the best team that they've played. Kentucky, minus 3 on BetMGM. They're playing at Mississippi State. All Mississippi State wants to do is play defense and run the ball, and Kentucky can actually play defense, and they run the ball themselves, as you would imagine with um, Ray Davis, correct? That's his name? I have to scroll up really quick. Ray Davis, correct? Uh, Yes, (laughs) running being one of the leading rushers in uh, college football. Yeah, I think that Mississippi State will have a hard time keeping up with him for an entire game. So I think Kentucky wins there and covers that. That's all I got for this week. Sorry, it wasn't as much of a deep dive. I knew I had to make up for a few weeks, so I didn't want to deep dive too much into the games for this one. But hopefully you enjoyed it, and I'll be back next week unless these rankings that just got released are just absolutely egregious, in which case you'll have another episode. But that's all I've got for now, so thanks for listening. Bye-bye.